Welcome to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I'm your host, Christy Walsh. I'm excited to say hello to the globe. In this show, we hope to bring you new ideas to your spiritual path by letting you hear how other folks have walked their path or how they awakened. The planet, the solar system, and every being in it is waking up in some way or ascending on their spiritual path. Things are changing from a third or fourth dimensional world to something different, and we're expanding our world from duality to a world where we are back to all one. And we're interested in new ways to create peace within ourselves and with others. Ascension means different things to different folks, but there are similar stories, and more energy is available to us to raise our vibration. <laughs> Let's ride the waves of our new Ascension, Psychic, or Spiritual Spaces together, and we're going to share our stories. My guest today on Surfing the Psychic Waves is Elizabeth Pendleton. She's host of the Hay House Book Club on Fridays, 11 a.m. Pacific, so you want to check check out things there, and you can always find Elizabeth at elizabethoracle.co. So welcome, Elizabeth. Christy, yay! So nice to be back here. I'm so I glad you're love back. to visit you. We really, your your show, I do three very regularly, and yours to me is the most fun in the sense it's the most experimental. This is where yeah. you know, I just I get to be pretty unfiltered, so thank you. Yeah, I think unfiltered is a very good word for this time, and I think planets are doing wild things right now and recently I just had a whole bunch of earth stuff come up for me that had never surfaced before in my entire life like in a really great way wow. so I'd love to that. hear I want to hear yeah. about that yeah cool it was brand new it just happened a couple of days ago so we'll get to that in a minute yeah. but I wanted to ask you about the planets and what what you think we're surfing right now? Because I don't know that I know. <laughs> oh, we are. Uh, so we're taping the show on the 8th of August. And usually, you know, I do your show every couple of months. So we, we look at where we are and then what's sort of coming up. And yeah. you talk about a couple things right off the top that are so clear here. Uh, one is we are we're getting ready to go into a bunch of huge shifts because the Grand Cardinal Cross will be uh, put into effect beginning in early September and planets will keep moving through Libra and reactivating it. So in other words, for people who've been listening for a long time, we've got Pluto and Capricorn that went in there 2008, stay in there till 2023. We've got Uranus in Aries. Uh, that's another cardinal sign. That's there from 2011 to 2018. And then just this summer, we talked about this last time I saw you, Jupiter was poised and has now moved into Cancer. So that's three out of the four cardinal signs that are now occupied. And Jupiter, of course, expands energy. And then the fourth cardinal sign that rules the element of air. So now all of our elements are going to be involved is Libra. So starting in September, Mercury will go there. After that, uh, we'll have the sun go through its annual Libra cycle that people are familiar with. People who are Libra is obviously born somewhere uh, between September 21st and October 20th, roughly. And then Mars is going to get in there by the end of the year. And then we'll really hit a pinnacle point by the end of next April. So I'm going to put all those dates in my next newsletter so uh, you guys uh, get over to elizabethoracle.co and sign up for the newsletter. So I'll have all these dates laid out so nobody has to worry or get frantic about taking notes. But we are just going to have fully activated cardiographers. <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel like we're just figuring out what to do with them. Whoa. I mean, you know, we keep sort of having these alignments and since late last year. And, you know, I think Pluto I'm friends with. I think I didn't understand what Jupiter and Cancer meant. Although it's happened in our lifetimes. It happens every 12 years or so, I think. Yeah, but right? not in the context of a full cardinal cross. I think that's the huge distinction this time. And an, yeah. another element of, there's two pieces I want to bring to the Cancer and Jupiter discussion here uh, that, that we don't always think of. A lot of people think of Jupiter, oh, it's money, it's it's uh, things, it's expanding in the material realm. But really, uh, Jupiter was worshipped in some contexts as a sky god. So if we think of the universe and well, our universe, and then we, it's, it's your show, so we could talk about multi-universe, multiverses and universe, universal bubbles, but <laughs> that's, uh, that's the fun stuff here. But, but if we also think of the context of cancer, not just uh, a lot of times we'll think of the U.S. chart, security, all of that in our own homes and, and all that stuff. But if we start to really think about being global citizens and planet Earth is our home. So if we think of Jupiter um, now in a cardinal square um, with Uranus and opposing Pluto, which just on the 7th of August, we had an exact Pluto-Jupiter opposition, um, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto are transpersonal planets. So that higher self that you're talking about, that collective consciousness, that place where we all are one, Jupiter, although it is not an outer planet or transpersonal uh, planet, it's a bridge for the real selves of us to connect with the higher self because we each have a real self that is our individual self that then meets up with this collective. And so my uh, kind of little working theory here is Jupiter will, it, it can't help but expand that transpersonal aspect because the, those are exactly the planets it is coming into these really powerful connections with. Make sense? Yeah, I think so. But now it makes me want to ask the question about what do you mean when you say cardinal? Like, I thought I knew what that meant before, but now I'm like, wait a minute. Ah, okay. There's so much water going on that yeah. I don't understand. The oh, cardinal oh cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm definitely happy to review the water thing going on because it's really important. Um, there's uh, basically three elements in astrology. There are 12 in our, our Western system, um, 12 signs and they fall into three categories in terms of their modality what's called their modality and that is um, cardinal fixed or mutable and the cardinals start each season so in other words spring begins here in the northern hemisphere anyway when the sun goes into aries summers begin summer begins when the sun goes into cancer fall begins when the sun goes into libra winter begins when the sun goes into capricorn so the cardinals all initiate the fixed signs hold the energy and so you know the representation of course is each season so in the spring Taurus holds the fixed energy Leo holds the fire energy of summer uh, Scorpio holds the uh, water energy in autumn and of course Aquarius holds air in uh, the winter so then each season finishes out or completes with a mutable sign so in the spring Gemini closes the spring uh, Virgo closes the summer. Uh, we have Sagittarius closing the autumn. 
And then in the very end of the astrological cycle, Pisces not only ends the completion of the astrological year before we head back into Aries, but it also closes out the winter. So those are the three things. So if if that helps you define cardinal a bit more with its counterpart. So it's all about breakthrough, initiation, and with Uranus being one of the planets involved in the cardinal cross right now, that is huge because Uranus is all about the ground, the groundbreaking and it's squaring Pluto. And although Pluto is in conventional Capricorn, Capricorn is, is still, mm-hmm. um, Capricorn is still uh, a cardinal or initiating sign. And Pluto, of course, is regeneration. You know, Pluto must mm-hmm. transform. So, yeah, big changes. Wow. So what do you notice with folks out there? I mean, I've made friends with Uranus as far as like breakthrough, breakdown, you know, explosions, (laughs) (laughs) inspirations. I really can grab onto that. Like I said before, Pluto, um, we're friends right now. But uh, what are you noticing with clients? What I'm noticing is, again, I think that thing that you said is is really clear about make friends with it because it will just, the, the forces that are out there right now are calling for evolution. And when we say evolution, of course, that is both Uranus and Pluto. Uh, they work together towards this. And if people aren't changing, life is changing them. <laughs> you know, Uranus, yeah, there's a great book. I totally recommend anything by uh, the late author Howard Sesportis and uh, for an lecture series with he and Liz Green. It's outstanding, outstanding work, but he has a great book called The Gods of Change, and he talks about Pluto, Uranus, and Neptune when they transit your you know, areas of your life. And uh, Uranus is a game changer. Things will shake you up. You know, that whole adage we hear in the metaphysical world about spirit kind of taps you on the shoulder and then it kicks your door down. (laughs) So I'd say please (laughs) listen when it taps on your shoulder, when you get that like, I don't think I should keep trying to walk into a wall. You know, use the window, use your key, you know, use the doorway by all means because, um, it'll just get more intense. We're going to hit another exact Pluto Uranus square on November 1st. And that's the exact middle one of the seven that we're in from 2012 to 2015. So big, big, you know, huge, huge cycle that we're in change or be changed. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Change or be changed. I like that. (laughs) And, and, and the uh, more current thing that we're coming into, because we're going to hit that, Virgo cycle and the bigger grand water trine that's also happening at the same time. See, I love that these couple of things are happening uh, together because we have this water trine, which to me is huge, also equally as important as the cardinal squares and oppositions. And so basically we have Neptune in Pisces and um, the alchemists, of course, were famous for turning the lead into gold. And if we look at that from the point of view of psychology or evolution, uh, we're supposed to kind of go through our junk through the unconscious and turn it into gold. And I, what I find is kind of interesting, we talked about this before your, your show started, we have a majority of planets, particularly when the sun goes through 
the negative polarity or feminine or earth and water signs where we have a majority, vast majority, overwhelming in water and earth as opposed to the masculine, which are fire and air. Uh, it's like a eight to three ratio most of the time this year. So that's super, a super strong pull to the water and the earth. And what I <laughs> kind of came across last night and, and again, reading Howard and Liz's work was this idea of our fertilizer, you know, literally our, our psychic shit, <laughs> if I might say mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah, we could all talk about, oh, I want to be in the lead and I want to evolve. But we all have accumulated a bunch of junk and, it, and uh, we're really being asked to clean it out, you know, because in that muck uh, and at that I'm associating with the earth, you know, and nobody plants a farmer will tell you, you got to fertilize. <laughs> so, you know, it's all just recycling. But uh, I, I really feel like because Neptune is involved in here, we have to get uh, beneath there, there are a couple authors I uh, want to note here. One is uh, John Rowan, and he says, you know, we all have this positive but phony self-image on the very outside. You know, the part of this that wants to say everything likable and to be liked and that whole thing. Um, but a lot of times we're masking the negative self that's in. And when we say negative self, that's the, the person or the parts of us that don't believe we're fully worthy of love. And if we work through that and just bust those illusions, because we're all born perfect. I mean, we are in the real divine sense. Nothing is wrong with us. We, we're, you know, we are divine expressions of light, God, spirit, you know, the field, whatever you want to call it. So, there, you know, but once we get you get through and disarm whatever beliefs got unloaded us, you know, downloaded, whatever, whatever way you want to phrase it, then we get to the authentic self or the real self. And I think that that is the work that we're doing now because Saturn, which is the lead or the heaviness, uh, and Saturn is so realistic, it kind of gets a bad rap. But I love Saturn because right now it's, it, it's also in Scorpio. So it makes us look at that and walk through that muck and then go, oh, my God. Those were just a bunch of thoughts. <laughs> I don't need mm-hmm. to believe that, you know, or God, that might have been true when I was eight or or, you know, somebody who was bullied. If they haven't cleaned this stuff up, guess who they become? <laughs> the bully. So it's really important work. And I feel like that is so much of that grand water trying. Neptune's going to help us see the subconscious. So all you really have to do on a practical level before you go to bed is say, Spirit Light, show me what I haven't cleaned up. <laughs> and the guides also last night, they gave me the initials FX. And they said, any X that you have a big F still kind of standing around. <laughs> or <an> F- <laughs> There's your work. You know, don't worry about what President Obama or Putin or anybody or else are doing. If we are willing to wade through uh, our, quote, negative self stuff uh, and, and get beneath that mask and that facade, we will really find true and enduring peace. So, um, and a, another author phrased it differently, and he said it's it's working through the distress. So it's um, it's the stuff we don't like to look at, and uh, Neptune's going to help us see that. But of course, you know, but it's in a beautiful alignment there with Saturn in Scorpio, and Saturn is it's like 
you know, your drill sergeant, it makes you do the sit-ups every day, but man, are you and your abs are like (laughs) steel Mm -hmm. by the end of that. But it's in Scorpio, which will get to the truth. I mean, Scorpio has to get to the truth, has to come to that. And then if we add the third element, which is Cancer, uh, Jupiter and Cancer, and we look at Jupiter from the higher context of expanding our connection to the transpersonal, well, why wouldn't we want to go clean that stuff up? And think about the purging of toxicity planet-wide if we're each trying to do our work. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Any work that we do on ourselves just has that ripple effect to everyone else. And it's like... If I acknowledge that, let's say, uh, I am a Scorpio, so <laughs> I'm really into that independence thing, you know, but there's, there can't, that can get distorted or distressed if I'm thinking that I'm separate from other people. Right. Um, you know, I've gone too far into this realm of independence and, you know, freedom fighter, blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> and really... I just wanted to express myself. That's where I really was going. But for whatever reason, different programming around me, different groups around me or whatever, it just kind of got a little distorted. And so I really like the fact that Saturn is in Scorpio right now. Like you say, it gives you the results. You know, the work is going to pay off. And it's not hard work anymore. That's so weird. See, that's, yeah, that's the Neptune piece. I mean, I am such a a fan of this Neptune transit because it's all about creativity. Um, Neptune is the artist. And um, all these water, these, these wonderful, this group of planets and water signs are in a very harmonious, unlike the disruptive square, these are all in a trine. So it's a, it's a very, like they're all trying to support each other and support us uh, mm-hmm. collectively. But Neptune is where in, in Pisces, and that's the, the sign that it rules. So, and, and um, so we're getting this insight and we're getting this, we're being in, put in touch with the muse and the poet and the artist within us. So whatever you do, it, it could be different from what I do to access that. You may journal. I might write music. Somebody else may get an urge to paint. Uh, yeah. What dance, drum, whatever it is, that stuff is not only important for us individually to access the great conscious stream that's out there which is where great music art poetry come from but i like julia cameron says when we open up that space then we're listening to god or light spirit whatever people call it because we're not trying to think something up we're writing it down you know so it's a it's a beautiful shift and a way to access the information that we need to problem solve, but on the bigger collective level, boy, if we all get a little more creative, we're going to start questioning these systems, which need some serious question and questioning and innovation, creative thought to solve problems. So, and we don't just take what's been fed to us. So it's, it's a, just a critical component. Creativity is, is one of the biggest aspects of what we're going through now and being able to access that and how it changes us. Uh, And then, like you said, your point about we are in interaction with the field and all the new physics over and over, 
talks mm-hmm. about this quantum physics and and um, uh, entanglement theory, everything. Like we are inter- in interaction with that field, so it's it, they, these things are really important right now. Yeah, and I think these systems like that have been created over the last couple of years like Twitter or Facebook or SoundCloud or any of the media sort of devices that we have now can share this art that we're creating, whatever art that is. And it's sometimes an easier way to get our our ideas across and to allow our own light to like emit. Because before, I think on the planet, let's say if we go back to the Renaissance or we go back to the French Revolution or the American Revolutions, those were during the times of Uranus and Aries. But um, And the gold rush, too. I forgot about that in California. But uh, it's like all that inspiration. There was something to go do about it, right? Have a revolution. You know, have a renaissance. Right. <laughs> all this art and trade and, and all of that still exists today. It's just that now we sort of get more ways to reach more people. And so if if we get these beautiful ways to let our own flow affect others in a really positive way, this could be this could be a total transformation of the earth just from our art. It's like we don't know where it, there's no limit, I guess. No, the, and saying that's the very nature of uh, the universe or the multiverses is that there it, it's limitless, and uh, I, I think that that's where these memes get transmitted. You're right on the social media; it's totally changed old media, and we no longer have three or four TV networks that spoon feed us what to think. And and uh, you know the they've had to come into they've dramatically changed uh, in because of the social media and when you watch a place like Egypt and you see how what a big role social media played in the revolution it's it's pretty amazing so we do we have it literally in the palm of our hand and so I think continuing to work on ourselves uh, and cleaning up our 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 stuff and healing. Dedicated to healing, and that's another Neptunian. I mean, all the water plants. Water is the healer. Uh, so uh, I, I think that exactly those things are all part of what is unfolding now, and that we'll have these breakthrough moments with these exact uh, cardinal crosses and all that. It just is new opportunities uh, for all of us collectively tapping into that higher self consciousness and collective energy and moving it forward and in the name of planetary evolution. There's just so much access now to that. I can't imagine what people did, you know, many thousands of years ago. <laughs> Maybe this was much either it was much easier or much more difficult. That sounds kind of I'm like, no, they, they kind of got it together and put pyramids all over the earth at different times without telephones. You know, I, I the energy. Yeah. Yeah, you know? I I do have to catch my belief my beliefs about history and that you know somebody made an uh, you know a star map out of the pyramid so I think they knew what they were doing right 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 <laughs> so we've forgotten and now we're remembering we're really remembering yeah. parts of ourselves and yeah and we're going through a golden age and space travel and you know that's not just new agey stuff that re- like our uh, instruments are able to measure more than they ever have been were and that's really important too because you know Neptune I think is, 
is somewhat symbolic of deep space. And as we explore, quote, out there, we're confronted, you know, we're we're reminded of our past and our tiny little place in it, you know, from the Big Bang up till now. And then we are also looking forward, you know, where are those other life forms? And uh, are we going to need to colonize uh, another planet if we, you know, don't, don't get it together with the resources and a responsible way to manage those here or transform what we're doing? So, yeah, these are these are provocative <laughs> questions and ideas, but I, I'm excited about the, the time we live in. It, it is pretty revolutionary and uh, our, our interaction with the field. So what's new for for you in the in your other activities? Oh, well, astrology? oh thanks so much for asking. Uh, yeah, I definitely and it's funny, I, I don't think I've ever come on your show to really plug a Hay House book because I'm, I'm grateful to do that work for them. But I have to get everybody on board with Pam Grout's E squared. <laughs> it is, I think this is going to be the blockbuster or the next, uh, it could be like the next secret, but it's I think far more evolved than the secret ever was. It is an amazing collection of nine experiments with the field that you go out and do. And she is a wonderfully accessible writer. She writes it a really clear, it's not deep, heavy, esoteric thought. It's not, you know, going to science class for, you know, a, a big, long a dissertation on new physics. She is able, she writes for like People Magazine, Travel, uh, I think one of the Bride magazines. So very, she knows how to communicate in the mass consciousness, but it is an amazing book. It's already like number two on the New York Times uh, bestseller list of uh, like the self-help things. She has nine experiments. So you don't have to believe what she says or what I say or what Christina says, you know, that's <laughs> what I think she should call the book the next one. But uh, it's, it is, it is so great because she's able to explain this quantum stuff that, that we're discovering every day in very accessible, understandable language. And then she says, okay, here's what, you know, they're saying that go out and here's what you can do within the next 48 hours. Try this. So that, has been just part of this unfoldment and for me it's it's summer in Colorado so I have a telescope and it's all just sort of coming together I'm reading another wonderful book called Celebrating the Universe which is a metaphysical look at astronomy and uh, that's by James Mullaney that's that's really great and uh, and then like I said digging into uh, the Howard's Sportus and Liz Green stuff to kind of work on that inner self or whatever you want to call it, because I, I think that's, you know, it all comes back to, you know, being a clearer channel. So uh, I'm doing that and the music and the infusions. We're halfway through. Virgo will be, um, we got the Leo infusion out, which is all about creativity and the Virgo one. I've already, you know, got the, got the ideas for that and the just loving music school in this week that you and I are talking. I'm halfway through my program uh, there and absolutely loving it. So then it's just the music of the spheres. It's all sort of tying in together. It's like, I don't <laughs> go into art museums. I mean, it's just, it's, I was looking at Rothko the other day and he, I mean, he just, he loved metaphysics and, and, uh, psychology and he was so interested in this stuff back in the forties. That's what he was doing. And it's, you know, so just how very inspired and, uh, 
healing time. I think so, too. I think it's a lot easier to just explore other subjects that might appeal to you, maybe just for the week, and then you're on to something else. It's, like, so much easier um, these days to do some exploring without having any commitment to it. You know, you're not signing up for the 12-year uh, astronomy course. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, that's a whole Jupiter <laughs> transit, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, and the, the availability of information, literally, at your fingertips. It's, it's You could pull up anything. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think on that note, we're going to tell SoundClouders out there to get out and get exploring and get the telescopes out and get out your astrology books and look at them again and, oh, absolutely. and discover some new books too. And you can find Elizabeth Pendleton at elizabethsoracle.co and uh, on the Hay House Book Club at hayhouseradio.com on Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific. So thanks so much Thank for tuning you. in. Thanks for having me on, Christina. 